Coming up, we're going to talk about some of the reasons why Universal Orlando is unappreciated as a whole. From the Bob Barley Studio in Orlando, Florida, this is the Universal Edition of the Diz Unplugged. This is episode 169 of the Diz Unplugged Universal Edition. The Diz Unplugged Universal Edition is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, experts at helping you plan the perfect universal vacation. Visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of the Diz Unplugged Universal Edition. I am your host, Craig Williams. I am joined alongside by my co-host, Mr. Rhino Clavin. Hello. Hello. And yes, we are both here, back in the studio after a long, extended hiatus. So, but... We do appreciate all the comments last week. We appreciate that you enjoyed the corgi love that was happening and all of that. And if you didn't watch last week's episode, then you're probably just confused and or listen. There was watch, a special listen. guest star. There was multiple special guest stars, Yeah, as in two. Plus us. We're also special. Don't let anyone tell you anything different. But yeah, back in the studio, back in the old game, and we decided this week we are going to take a break from talking about Universal Orlando, and instead we're going to talk about Universal Orlando, which I'm very excited to be talking about right now. So, And something, uh, you know, uh, this is what we would call a filler week when uh, we just did not have enough time to go out and prepare something extraordinary so we came up with this at the very last second mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and we're going to present it to you as if we've been thinking about it a really long time and all the honesty is but we haven't but i think it's uh, some information that will help you get a greater appreciation of universal orlando by us talking about seven things that we believe are underappreciated about universal orlando and i'm going to kick off this little this little fancy list of ours, and I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about it where where it all started, and that is I don't think people appreciate enough the history of Universal mm -hmm. as a whole, and uh, that it's it's actually it's living and thriving in the theme parks as a as a general rule. So it's you, you know Universal Orlando's time in Orlando itself has not been that long, just. Just over 25 20, years. And that was like two years ago that we celebrated the 25th anniversary now. So we're at, we're at about the 20, 27 year mark this year. And so, yeah, that's not that long in Orlando. But you have to think about it. The whole reason why we have a Universal Orlando is because Universal Studios Hollywood paved the way. And uh, even though that technically didn't start as a theme park either it did start as universal studios the un the, the actual studios and still continues to this day so it, it's time as with the studio tour i can't remember what an was it the 50th anniversary or the 60th anniversary of the studio tour just happened a couple years ago regardless it's a really big milestone for them i think it would have been the 60th because if it started in the 50s it was 60 yeah. years ago yeah because yeah. it was definitely started in like the 50s i think yeah and so it's just because of it because of the the evolution of universal studios in hollywood going from the production studios and then adding the tram tour and slowly evolving into a theme park we were able to get 
Universal Orlando and how it is to this day. And even though it doesn't have that longevity here in in Orlando, it is still it brimming with with history. And you know, a lot of it has gone over the years. You know, sadly, we've we've lost Jaws. Do you have an update for us? Sir? I do. Yeah. the The studio tour in Hollywood opened. Uh, it, its opening date is listed as July fifteenth, nineteen sixty four. So fifty four years. 50- yeah. Yeah. My goodness. Where where has the time gone? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, th- this says it even started, it could go back as early as, like, the from 1915. People would pay money to go there. That's crazy. You don't ever think about it like that, right? No, no, you really don't. It's uh, it, it took a long time to evolve into an actual an actual attraction, but that, that is kind of nuts. But, yeah, we've lost a lot of the history along the way with... With Universal along, you know, like I just said, we lost Jaws, we lost Back to the Future, uh, we still have E.T., thank goodness, we, even though they lost Kong, Kong eventually came back, but it, it's, I, I feel like the movies are all still celebrated, even though a lot are gone, like, if, especially for Universal fans who are lucky enough to see the attractions there, they still, they will never forget Back to the Future and Jaws as a part of Universal. It's it's it is a living history, and even though we might not want to admit it, you know Jurassic Park celebrating its 25th anniversary this year. Mm-hmm. It is that's a, that's a really big deal. And so even though I, I even though you and I look at Jurassic Park and say, oh yeah, and, you know, just movie that grew up with all that. The fact is, we're getting older, and I saw that movie in the movie theaters when I was way too young to have seen that in the movie theaters. Yeah, I did. I, I was did. like in like second grade. Yeah, would have been ninety three. So, <laughs> I did. I didn't see it in theaters. My, I saw my it on- mom will be like, "Do you think Jumanji's too scary for your eight year old your eight year old nephew?" And I'm like, "Do you not remember taking me to see Jurassic Park when I was when I was this age? I, nobody's getting ripped apart on a toilet in Jumanji. It was a different time." But I remember, I remember watching the VHS of it, and then I did go to the drive-in to see Congo, and that was probably the first like oh, movie. The eyeball that, when they throw the yeah. eyeball and he picks it up and it's in the hand, and you're like, "Whoa, what have I done? Why yeah. am I watching this?" Yeah, yeah. I, but I will give my parents credit; they did not take me to see <laughs> Congo at the drive-in. It was uh, uh, there with other friends, and you know, it, it should have all been good because it was released as the double feature along with the first movie was Indian in the Cupboard, and then the second was what? Congo. Who was like, "This is a great." <laughs> Great idea. We'll pair up this family film based on this franchise of books and this other book-based movie together. And they're like, yeah, who cares? One's rated R and one is... I don't even know if Congo was rated R. I feel uh, it like, was PG-13. Okay. Because yeah. it was a little... Like, you know, when the monkey's bashing the people's heads at the end yeah. of the movie. Yeah, with a laser gun. So yeah. thank the good people at the Butler Drive-In for allowing that combination to come together so I could experience that. Omri Katz and Laura Linney together like I'd always dreamed. <laughs> right. But... So, uh, uh, you know, moving aside from all that, I... It's the next time you walk into Universal Orlando, remember that it's not just a theme park. It is there. There is that magic there. It doesn't have that same history that Disneyland has where someone important walked through. Well, I mean, I guess Steven Spielberg is kind of that same iconic status for Universal Orlando. I mean, he had such a a big hand in in putting it all together, but it's, it's got that. It's got that importance to it. It's it's got a little bit extra to it, and um, 
you know, some because of the movies that are featured in there and others because of just the history of Universal as a whole going all the way back to classic monsters throughout now. But it, it really does have that. And I think that would lead into one of your reasons why Universal's unappreciated. Well, I also have to correct myself. Omri Katz is not an Indian in the cupboard. I was mistaken. I no. thought he was the boy. I remembered incorrectly. That's what people are going to rip us apart for. You on know this one. that there is somebody out there who is like, I was the biggest Indian in the cupboard fan of just the film, not the books. And <laughs> I know all those people involved. I'm like, hey. Directed by Frank Oz, though. Yeah. Um, my thing, Price. That wasn't what I was setting oh. you up for. But. Oh. What? what? What did you? I'm sorry. What was the segue then? I nah. Don't I worry. Th- about I was starting with the one that you like. I I don't know. That's okay. Diversity of properties. Yeah. Okay. I I I don't know. I wanted to get the messy one out of the way first, but no. yeah. Diversity of properties. What I love about Universal, what I feel like is kind of underappreciated, is that really, if you think about it, anything that you love, if it's not Disney specific has the opportunity to show up inside of a universal theme park because Harry Potter is Warner Brothers, you know? And before Disney had Marvel, that that had nothing to do with Universal and Dr. Seuss and um, really anything. Men in Black is Universal, though, right? That's an improperty. Uh, um, no, no, it's Sony. It was Sony, Sony. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so you're, like, really, you could, it could be anything. And I kind of love that because it always, it makes me just feel like when you watch something really cool, you know, you're always like, maybe this someday could be like a theme park thing. Yeah. Oh, I, I completely agree with that. Something that I've never understood from uh, the earliest times of myself working here, Pete has always been very, I, I don't want to use a bad word with it, but he's always been very harsh on Universal about, well, if they didn't have Harry Potter, then... It would it could be a complete mess, and you know they don't own anything that's in their parks that's big. They have to buy everything that they yeah. want. But at the same time, now we have Disney, who is going on. Who's since they started with Pixar and Marvel and Lucas losing Lucasfilm and Fox. Now they are on this tear of acquiring they, every property they can. They're doing the Universal. Yeah, it's a, a different, obviously a different. A different uh, scope to it. There's is there's is a much bigger picture than Universal, but yeah, Universal owns a lot of great properties through their movies, but they are also smart enough to know that there's more out there than than just what they own, and they have come up with great licensing licensing agreements along the way with stuff like with Seuss and uh, with Marvel before Disney acquired it and with the Simpsons and uh, everything you mentioned. And while I, I know some people have, have thought that that makes Universal just kind of a mishmash of properties, it really doesn't. Yeah, there's not there's not that stronger theme and focus because of it. But at the same time, too, it's it, like you said, the door is always open for more and i know i know disney's kind of putting itself in that place now too where they're they're acquiring the right things to to really open up their brand possibilities but that's something universal has already been doing mm-hmm. so they paved the way they they did in fact pave the way and that's why you can literally go from springfield usa walking past all these iconic simpsons locations into men in black just sitting there right outside and from there walking into London, going into the wizarding world of Harry Potter. Yeah. Thematically, it doesn't make a ton of sense 
but I like it, it. it's just cool. Yeah. It's cool that you have the options to do that. And that leads into my next one, and that is I believe that the theming of Universal as a whole is completely unappreciated. It's actually one of the things that drives me most insane when we read comments about uh, people listening watching our show when they, they say, well, you know what? I don't really care about Universal. It, it has zero appeal to me. It's, it's not something I'm interested in. And last time I went there, yeah, the Wizarding World was great, but the theming as a whole just really wasn't that great. Yeah. And I that drives me insane because these are the same people then that you'll see like saying, oh, I go to I go to Disney because of the theming and Hollywood Studios. You can't Hollywood Studios is amazing. Epcot's amazing. Magic Kingdom's amazing. And you know while while there is great aspects to it, like with the World Showcase and Epcot, that is some great theming. Animal Kingdom as a whole is spectacular. It is a completely immersive environment in that way. But I don't like parks that are singularly themed, though. I don't want an entire theme park to be the one theme. I mean, the reason why a movie, a theme park themed after movies, theoretically, I'm not including Hollywood Studios in this, works is because it opens itself to these like various lands and stuff. And Animal Kingdom works because it's all about like animals and safari and stuff. But when people are like, well, what's Epcot's theme? I'm like, I don't. It's it doesn't have to be singularly themed. It's got two themes. It's got the world, you know, the world showcase yeah. where you go through and you know, I guess you learn about the cultures. No, not I guess you do learn about the cultures of each uh, country that is represented there. And then you've got the other part that never made sense to me. No matter what it is, yeah. it's just three, almost three separate little parks within one park. So I don't care about that stuff. I care about individual things being themed. So like we, you said in Universal, when you stroll from I think with um, uh, Springfield, they did a great job of theming this little area. And then, you know, and then you get to like London and that obviously is amazing. Both Harry Potter areas are amazing. Even the Transformers building for just being one thing for Transformers and nothing else. It is this building that looks cool and the people outside are in character and dressed in costume. You know, you get to stuff like the mummy and that's of the classic when I think universal was a little more focused on being singularly themed. And maybe that's when it like struggled a little bit more because everything had to be about the making of the movies. And that for me, like I like being in the movie. I I appreciated what, what that was. And I, I like that there are areas that are still dedicated, like how it's made. However, I like being transported into something, and I think Universal does that very well through its theming. So when people yep. say there's no theming, I'm like, get out of here. You don't know. Well, it's – and I, I'll give some examples that I've given in the past before, but it's also the mindset of the theming that they went through that I love how you have Central Park next to next to Hollywood because when you're standing in New York with the eye of the camera – like it wouldn't make sense for Central Park to be just butted right up against the New York section of the park. Central Park needs to be in the background. So if you look at it through the mind of the camera, then you have this nice lake and then Central Park's right there. Mm -hmm. Which so it yeah, it doesn't make sense if you're just walking through on a normal day, but if you think about it through the eye of a camera, a lot of Universal Studios Florida was designed with that. Yeah, there are well, low points when you walk in right away and you have production central which is a mishmash of crap. You know, I, I, I do feel bad about that. Like, you go in right away and you have Despicable Me out there, which looks like a house in front of a soundstage. 
Shrek's a mess. Um, but but that, that's also like what I'm talking about is they're in the midst of they're still in the middle of their kind of renaissance where I feel like Despicable Me is an example of it being part of the new age where like everything the exteriors became themed and everything like that whereas Shrek is part of the classic universal where it's just buildings and sound stages and this is how it's made and then you look at like Islands of Adventure you know and that park's theme is you said literature Um, maybe they've they're starting to drift away from that just slightly with the addition of Kong Um, but it's like every one of those islands is themed all the way through. When you're in Jurassic Park, you are, you know, the trees and everything reflect the area that you're in. You can very distinctly know you stepped into a different place. Exactly. And, and yeah, and so like I feel like people maybe think of the original park or like what you said, that one part where you walk in Production Central and like you're like I don't I don't know. I think about so we were just in Italy and I think about the Italy Pavilion and in in um in Epcot, and like it looks good. That's not yeah. what Italy looks like, though. Like it, it, like has you see it, and it makes you think of it, you know. And it's got like a little bit of landmarks, but you saw like the Saint Mark's Square. It kind of is Saint Mark's Square, but not Saint Mark's Square. So you're like, it's not. It's just supposed to inspire those feelings, yeah. you know. And I, I will say, just also back to what Universal does well. Again, Production Central mishmash, but when you are in the Wizarding Worlds, yes, you feel completely immersed in it. And I'll even say that with Hollywood and New York. Those feel so, like, you feel like you're in it. And anyone who disagrees with that, don't don't sit there and tell me then that you miss um, the Streets of America in Hollywood Studios because they did it better. It's I will argue that they did not do it better. Um, that was just one, one long street that ended with the Backlot Tour at the end, kind of throwing everything off and lights motor action, throwing that whole entire area off. Whereas Universal always, you know, it, it did have its dead ends too with it. But overall, I felt like the theme always, always did hold up. And then with Islands of Adventure, it, it's just a beautiful, it's a beautiful park. Mm-hmm. I, it, with the exception of Marvel Superhero Island, I will, I will give that Knox because it's, that is the, the, weakest part but seuss landing port of entry uh lost continent even though the lost continent is so (laughs) irrelevant the lost continent area is beautiful Mm. the wizarding world jurassic park is wonderful and i love toon lagoon i know that's also very close to marvel superhero island but it's you know i grew up with those cartoons so when i get in there it like i i'm inspired and immersed back to when i was a, a, a kid again reading those cartoons in the newspaper so maybe not for everyone for me it works but yeah overall anyone who says the theming is is bad just i don't understand it's it's definitely underappreciated mm-hmm. but it's not bad so let's move on to one of your other underappreciated aspects of universal maybe the price I think the price is underappreciated. I feel like, and I've been thinking about it since I said that, though. Like, it is, I, I think actually we talked about it in the ticketing prices where one of the tickets is more expensive than Disney. But I I think about, I never feel like it's as expensive as Disney, though one could, I guess someday we could do an exact price-to-price comparison. Or if somebody wants to write an article about that, go right ahead. Um, but I... I, th- I think about my annual pass. Like, we have a three-park annual pass with no blockout dates that includes a free ticket to Halloween Horror Nights, and it's half 
maybe more than half the price of my Disney annual pass. I mean, I yeah. do have a higher, the higher, the highest tier Disney annual pass. So, but it's still cheaper than let's say you're not getting the the coast to coast. You're just getting a Walt Disney World annual pass. It's still less expensive, and I get that people will be like, "But there are four parks and this and that." But I don't know. You get that, but then also you get a lot of discounts at Universal always with your annual pass. And I don't feel like you get as many discounts with your annual pass at Walt Disney World on top of it being a little bit more expensive. But yeah, no, I'm with you on that. I think I think, yes, Disney has the arguments of you have more parks and so there's more to do with it. But I, I don't know. For me, I've always felt like Universal, the price point was perfect for what you actually get from it even regardless of now whether or not you have the three park pass or the two park pass i think it still is with an annual pass it's in line with what you'd expect and if you're talking one day tickets yet you don't buy one day tickets so unless you're in a very special circumstance you get multi-day tickets and i think once you get to the once you get to the amount of days you're probably staying you know universal three four five i think those tickets are absolutely a great steal for the price. Um, it, it, even if you don't do the park to park, yes, you miss out on the Hogwarts Express with that. But it's you know some. Uh, I also talk to some people and say, well, do you get motion sickness? Well, yeah, we do. And on basic things or or only intense stuff. If it's basic things, chances are you're going to get sick on the Hogwarts Express anyways. You probably won't want to. You might do it one way, but not back the other. Like I get, I don't get motion sick on stuff, but Hogwarts Express. If I have to sit right up against the glass by the the window looking out, I get really queasy. It just messes with my mind, and mm-hmm. I have to just look away. So, I, I I think, in when you really look at it, the price of the admission to get in, I think it's very very fair and an underrated part of it and then i'll even extend it even further to the hotels we talked about it a little bit on last week's show with endless summer and those lead-in price points of 73 dollars per night in a standard room in 117 i think for the family suite Mm -hmm. and just all across the board though the prices for cabana bay are in the low hundreds the you know royal pacific you're talking the 170s 180s into the lower 200s for that it's even the hotels i think that are well themed and in a lot of cases have better aspects of them than disney at a cheaper price point Mm. like that's yeah that's something you you can't just ignore uh amazing hotels i agree but yeah, so those, are, those one could argue those are also underappreciated. Hmm. 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 We don't have to go into detail on this. No, ones, but. we don't. So, but speaking of the hotels, the property, all of that, that will lead me to my next one, and that is something you and I both agree on as well, too, and that's the proximity of Universal. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's we, you know, Disney Walt Disney World has the blessing of space and. They are able to accommodate more and more hotels and without really splintering off the property. And until Endless Summer opens up, one thing that Universal is truly, truly lucky for is that the entire property is all on one nice plot of land that is all easily accessible uh, by walking. And I, I, you know what, I'll even say once Endless Summer opens up, it's still not a super long walk. It'll be probably about, for the average person, a 30-minute walk. It'd still be better than, like, when you stay at some of the 
other Disney resorts, you were like have to be on the bus no matter what, and you're just when you're relying on a bus. Yeah, I'm not saying that it's bad to stay at those resorts, but I've seen what the crowds can be outside in the morning at Pop Century waiting for a bus. Yeah. you know, and th- when you are excited for your vacation and all you want to do is get to that park, and I it's what I love about Disneyland too is you can get up get out of your hotel and walk there, and so like the fact that you can do that at all of the hotels all the resorts at at universal is pretty pretty great yeah no i that's it's honestly it's something i think everyone once they go there they appreciate it but on paper it's something that people don't really think about even if you tell them yeah it's all it's all one place hard rock if you're in the right room you can be to the entrance of of universal studios florida in five minutes Royal Pacific, you can be there in ten minutes. Cabana Bay, with the way I walk, I can be, I can be to um, Islands of Adventure in twenty minutes. Mm-hmm. I think the average person would be about in twenty five thirty. But uh, I got, I got them long legs, yeah, those long dancer legs. I do, I do have mm-hmm. that. But it's, uh, it's just, it's so easily accessible everywhere, and not having leaving the parks at the end of the night, not having to worry about, oh well, where can I go grab a bite to eat? Well. You have everything right there in the middle of the hub at City Walk, where if you didn't eat in the parks, you have the dining right there. You have the dining at any of the hotels. You know, it's not the if you're staying on the monorail loop line or the the boardwalk circle area at Disney. Yeah, you have all those options right there in that area. But you know, you stay at you you stay at the All Stars. Basically, your choice is okay. Well, do I want to eat at my food court in the All Stars, or do I want to eat at and almost exactly the same one next door or the same one next door from that, you know, it's just, you stay at wilderness lodge. What's your, what's your options? You have the restaurants right there at universal. You stay at hard rock. You don't want to eat at the palm or the kitchen. Well, all you do is you have a short walk to the Portofino mm-hmm. you can go eat it, go eat it, uh, uh beach or what'd you call me? <laughs> you heard what I call you go to, go to Royal Pacific and go to Jake's. It's, you have, you have that flexibility because everything is so close by without needing that extra bus transportation. And it's, it's something that, like I said, if you stay there, you'll appreciate it a lot. But for those who haven't experienced it yet, it's, it truly is an underappreciated thing. If you've been mm-hmm. to Disneyland, you get it. If you only have experience at Walt Disney World, just you, you don't get it yet. But Rhino, what's your next one? I don't know. I can't remember anymore. I believe your next one also, leaving the parks at the end of the night. I don't think this. Oh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> okay. I was like, I don't know what you're talking and about. that's what night you have life. when you don't write stuff down. I know, but I forgot between saying it out loud and writing it down. Nightlife. Yeah. Because, here's my thing. I'm not, I don't mean to say that, I'm not, this isn't like a Universal's better than Disney or anything like that. No. So I don't mean to be competitive pairing the two back and forth but you know where are you taking your vacation you're in florida it's one of these two places or both of these places so i just think that um disney has disney springs now and they have a plenty a plethora of restaurants and they kind of have like musicians outside playing music and stuff like that but they don't really have anywhere to go dancing you know to to like they've got a bar it's not a bar to be like i want to go have some drinks and just kind of walk around I mean, I guess they do, but it's 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 a little bit more 
more focused on shopping drinking and whereas at universal i feel like it's social drinking and i don't mean that in a negative way or anything i just mean that they that you're here and it's not about getting drunk it's not about whatever it's, it can be a non-alcoholic drink i just i mean the the, the phase of going out you know yeah. they've got their clubs that you can go dancing in um they've got their restaurants that you can go dining in and then you can also just stop by like fat tuesdays and grab a frozen a mixed frozen drink there and just kind of stroll around and enjoy the lake and sometimes they have outdoor entertainment or you can go karaokeing at at rising star there's a i think there's a lot to do at night at universal that really i i do feel like is underappreciated because you don't i don't think people really it's something that honestly as i i i kind of itch for a little bit whenever i go to either disneyland or walt disney world is that there are nights where I'm like, I wish Disney had something that was open to like one or two that I could go after a long day in a theme park. Maybe I've taken a nap and I want to go and just be in a, have an adult entertainment. Yep. Well, that sounds, that sounds filthy, no. but you know what I mean? It, well, this kind of plays over, over 18. This kind of plays back into it too. I think Disney has made strides with their nightlife. Uh, they've made, they've made Disney Springs even more vibrant with additions like um, uh, the Edison. Yeah, really inviting yeah, nightlife. Yeah, uh, the with um, the the boathouse. I feel like one of the most underrated places is being all the way out on that bar yeah. on the water at night, especially sunset so into dark. It's, yeah. and, uh, but again, these are kind of ones that are just like solely based around drinking at this point. It's you're going to drink and eat in these locations, and, yeah. and you're absolutely right. With, I like to have an activity to do. Yeah. But it, with Universal, I don't think people automatically think nightlife, and that's that's where it's underappreciated. And you know, yes, we will make jokes about uh, red red coconut mm-hmm. and and the groove because they just are inviting jokes. But at the same time, I, I brought my sister there to go dancing, <laughs> so I, I make fun of, of it. Of but we too. go, yeah, yeah. I know. I we it was a weekly tradition. Uh, when I still worked at Universal, going to going to Rising Star and watching either some people were performing karaoke, others like me just sat there and watched it. Uh, I know. Imagine that, considering how much I, I grace everyone with my awesome singing skills mm-hmm, on, a, mm-hmm, on a weekly basis. You can see you doing a little uh, Johnny Cash up there. Yeah, I hurt myself today. It's, I know that Johnny Cash doing Nine Inch Nails, but that's what I imagine you just, would choose. Uh, one slow clap just happened. Yeah. And it's Kylie. Thank you. <laughs> but yeah, the, I people just I, I don't think they 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 appreciate enough what options are there for you, and maybe you don't you don't want to go into nightclubs. Well, you won't appreciate it till it's gone. I miss mannequins at Disney yeah. Springs. It's not like I miss all the nightclubs, and it's not like I I understand it got out of control sometimes. I got that I got crazy, but I just missed having one. I just wish the thing that that was so beautiful about it at Disney, and which is why I love it at Universal too, is when it is in control of like a theme park versus like oh I went to downtown Orlando or something like yeah. that. Is that I mean. I guess now because of what happened in downtown Orlando is that it's safer because the people that are going there are going through x-rays and everything like that. And also it's cleaner. Yeah. It, generally, generally cleaner. But like it, it be, that's what I loved about whenever we would go to downtown Disney, when that was downtown Disney is that I always mannequins was huge, but I also knew like the bathrooms are going to be clean and that I feel safer here, you know, yep. and, and I don't, I feel like that's a thing when you're on vacation, maybe you don't think about it completely, but if, I mean, we've lived here for so long, so it's not really something we're as actively thinking about. But 
if I'm somebody and this is the first time I've been here and I want to do something like that, it feels a little comforting to know I could just walk back to my hotel room and yeah. not, you know, have to call an Uber or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm glad Universal has kept what they have. Like, it's, it hasn't could always it, been like, I mean, it's, it, it isn't a great place right now. It but could use an update. Yeah. Yeah. It, it could, but I still, like, I, I miss cigars terribly that was that was one of our i know if you sat inside people were allowed to 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 smoke cigars and so it did have it did have a stench but um so masculine it well the whole thing was for team members it was like under it was three and a quarter for a 32 ounce beer that's what i loved about yeah whenever they do things they always had universal always did in like industry night or whatever yeah so they would be like thursdays if you were you didn't have to work at universal yeah you if you worked at SeaWorld or disney or in a hotel or anything you got him for free yeah and with universal if you worked there you always got that we always got that discount so that was our that was one of our other hangouts we'd start with drinks at cigars then go to rising star and once we once we had enough there and that was that was something that I miss. I, I like Breadbox, but it will never be able to to be as good as cigars was. I I like Antojitos as much as anyone else does, but I miss, I can't. The sad part is I can't even remember I don't the name. Remember what was of there? It. it was another Mexican restaurant, and uh, it was not just a restaurant. It was also a club at night too, kind oh. of like Pat O'Brien's shifts yeah. into into a club at night, but. They would have ladies' night there on, I think, Wednesday nights. And so that was another hangout. I'm really painting a picture that every single night of the week we were going to City Walk, but that's kind of how it was. It was just like that. The Disney cast member said their same thing. It was a thing. And now, not being a cast member or a team member or anything like that, is that. It is, I do think, like one of the uh, perks of be- an annual pass holder, of being an annual pass holder, that I take advantage of the least. Yeah, and but just to go back one more time, we've talked about those those clubs and the offerings, but you also have these great restaurants where you can sit and hang out with. At NBC, try to get a yeah. spot on the patio where lo- you can like just NBC sit and and people watch. If you're at, if you go to Calfish, try to could craft get, cocktail up yeah. there. You know, yeah. well it, with Calfish, try to get a view. Look Looking out, you can. There mm-hmm. are views where you can be sitting out, watching the sunset, seeing all the way to Hogwarts Castle. Like there are, there are places. Uh, same thing goes with Margaritaville. Try to get on up on top and looking out towards all of City Walk. I think it's it's while they're they're places that are just restaurants. They've got some decent drinks, decent food, and some great views of the entire area. If all you want to do is kind of take in the general locale and not not maybe go crazy, but there and. And then you also have all the hotels, which we, we won't even get into. But each hotel, if you don't, if you're the type of person who doesn't want to go to City Walk, there's enough to sustain you with nightlife at each of the hotels, in mm-hmm. my opinion. But that's just my opinion. And so, yeah, nightlife very underappreciated. And we'll wrap it up with one more thing that I think is underappreciated. And this is going to get some flack from certain aspects. But I think Universal's use of technology is greatly underappreciated and uh it's no it's no surprise that as soon as you say oh universal is building a new ride the first thing that people immediately jump to is screens is there going to be screens or are we going to see screens and i i do understand that and i also wish that they would do as much as they can to try to Here's the thing shy with, away from that. They're early adopters of technology, too. 
I, I yeah. feel like they they experiment with stuff. They it's like what you're saying with the screens. They perfect that stuff. Yeah, and I I you could correct me if I'm wrong, but the way I remember it was is Universal was the one to first you experiment with the app telling people wait times. I thought they did it before Disney. I thought they had an app that tried to estimate wait. I'm not saying that it worked better or that it it was there, but I feel like I remember there being a Universal app before there was a Disney World app before Magic Bands and stuff like that. I know that I know that the app the the wait time was working before Magic Bands, but Magic Bands were were the real push to push out that. I'm not sure about that, but well, I, that's how I remember it, and I could be way wrong, and I don't care. So don't I, you really don't have to waste your time commenting on this because it's not going to change my life one way or another. But I go. always remember thinking I, that they that they they try stuff. I don't know yeah. that they're they're not afraid of people that it, it goes beyond the technology and the rides they're not afraid of the evolving technology in the world they 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 appreciate people who use the internet you know vloggers instagrammers social media users they always have social media meetups and i feel like they treat those people really really well i'm not saying that disney doesn't too but i'm just saying they do and i feel like they've done that for a long time and no i i will say and this isn't again this is not a bash disney thing on this this is all about what is unappreciated yeah. at Universal, I will say, uh, I, I have stuff to talk about with the technology, but based on what you said there with embracing uh, newer technology outside, I completely think that Universal treats their online personalities way better than Disney does. When Universal sees a trend, sees what what people are doing, like what they have their Instagram meetups, which I want to be a part of at one point in time. They let instagrammers into it doesn't matter if you're using an iphone or the most expensive camera rig mm. they let every uh, basically once a quarter they let instagrammers in the park early in the morning or after closing oh, that. with no one in it where they can just they can take all these creative shots That's and cool. yeah that is so cool that they embrace it that much that they do it um over That's... and then you know like you said they have social media meetups Kind of similar to Disney Parks blog, but a big issue of Disney Parks blog meetups is that when they do it, it's all cast members that jump on it immediately yeah. and get into it. And like, well, that's not fair. Like with with Universal social media meetups, the person who signs up for it cannot be like they can't. I don't believe they're allowed to work for Universal, but I know from our perspective – I can't sign up for any of the social media meetups for Universal as a member. No, of the I media. Ha- you have to. You can be invited. Somebody like guest. if it's your friend, like like you know, we all know Shane. Like yeah. if Shane got it, he could invite us and we could go with him. Or my friend Brian and one uh, Halloween Horror Nights thing, and he invited me to go one night. This is like the first year I was here. Um, but I, I will say that when Universal does all this stuff, it creates an air of transparency yeah. that I feel like is mu- much more. It, creates like honesty and trust in a way that like is different than how Disney handles it because Disney's very we want you to see it how we want you to see it. Universal's kind of like this is who we are. Yep. And you you make you make us look good. Exactly. <laughs> and so that's that Sorry, is, I didn't mean to interrupt your no, no, technology no. thought before. No, you're you're good with it. This is a big part of it. Um I I'm still going off on it, <laughs> but they do. They they have embraced social media as a whole and and used it in in the right way and it's just 
I just have to bring it up because you and I were complaining about it earlier today. They just the the new purple wall at Disney is finally complete, and yeah. it's like the com- the idea that they went and changed it, and now they're pushing it even more and more and more. Is it's that sign of saying that Disney doesn't understand why it was. They, such a big deal in the first place. They couldn't just let it place. be its thing. You know yeah. what I mean? Okay, so I get it. They wanted to, All you had to do was give it a nice, fresh a co- a coat of paint because it had nicks and dings in it everywhere or whatever. Exactly what it was. If you wanted to update a little bit, add some sparkle on that wall. Yeah. But, like, that wall they created, it's a new wall. They should have just built that wall somewhere else or painted that wall somewhere yeah. else, you know? But... Exactly. And Universal, I feel like they don't try to force these things. They em- right. they embrace it and they let the people who come to their parks really share their stories. And, and I like that. And then going off on it with social media, they have – if you contact Walt Disney World on Twitter, it's a very – you know, they, they do interact with people, but it's very generic. It's very yeah. clean. Universal – it's there's people on the other end of that they're who like actually the Wendy's care. Twitter. Yeah, they're like you know they'll get sassy with you too. They'll have fun yeah. with the joke. You know exactly. They they take it very they take it serious, but at the same time they're very playful with it. They they have fun with it. They want to help people um, all the way through with the annual pass holders too. They have the annual pass holder Facebook group they made. Oh well, it is thundering. Sorry. So it's getting a little more intense yeah, here. Yeah, we have to wrap this up. So sorry, I um, cut you off about the the technology and the screens and the rides. You did, but I will just finish up real quick saying, you know what? They're screens, but at the same time, look at the ride technology that's there. Putting Kukas on top of moving mechanisms, the moving roller coaster mechanism for Gringotts. Yeah, yeah. you're in front of those. Spider-Man, it's all big. Yeah, they don't do animatronics like Disney does, but l- don't just focus on the screen, the stuff you see. Think about the yeah. things that are happening under. And that's what's unappreciated about Universal. Stop focusing on the screens. Focus on what is moving you package. around to the screens. Yeah. Yes, thank you. So sorry about the, having to break this up, but we have to go because of thunderstorms. <laughs> Uh, thank you so much, everyone, for listening and watching. Rhino, for joining along in this conversation. Thank you. Uh, of course, for links to anything you might need, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff, head over to disunplug.com, home of our show notes. Uh, so much more. If you're watching this on YouTube, make sure to comment, hit that thumbs up, and subscribe. Listening to this on iTunes, rate and review us. And that is it. So thank you once again. We'll be back with you next week for another episode of the Diz Unplugged Universal Edition. But until then, remember, no resolution. See ya.